Thank you for subscribing to KCWG The Truth Extra, our premium content channel. We have copies of our shows, plus exclusive content from our hosts and their guests. Also, as a subscriber, you'll be invited to participate in giveaways and events. Thank you for supporting and listening to KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet. KCWGTheTruth.com. You're here with your boy T. Russ, DJ Rome. My co-host will be on later. You're here with Real Love, Real Talk Uncut. Uh, we got a great show today. Great show today. And uh, I want you to chime in. Um, 951-520-1037. Today's topic is homosexuality and lust. From a standpoint of the natural and the spiritual, I uh, never do a topic on this. And uh, I was asked to do a topic on this and have a discussion. And uh, I was in a situation where I was uh, put in a situation where parents, when everybody was gone, um, a father asked me in front of his son, do you believe in homosexuality? Do you believe that it is wrong? And me being an employee for the state, I really kind of had to back down. I felt very terrible because, you know, I had to back down because of the state laws and, and different things. And it really troubled me and it really frustrated me because I grew up a Christian, heterosexual. And back in the day when I grew up, um, homosexuality was in the DSM. And so now the DSM-5, it does not categorize homosexuality as a disease. Uh, with that being said, there are certain cultures that look at homosexuality as uh, a, uh, 
a, a situation where it may be a spiritual abomination. Uh, Christianity, um, I think uh, Muslims look at it that way also. Um, you know, so we'll talk about that today, and I have a quick dialogue and, and some things that I'm going to throw at you. Um, it's a very uncomfortable situation, um, but, you know, when we are around the family and we all have families and we talk about it, we really can let our hair down and really express really what how we feel about it. But I want to throw some, uh, I want to some th- throw some scriptures at before I, uh, before I go and talk about this issue. I want uh, you guys to go to Luke 11, 24 and 27. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. Kind of think about some things when you walk on uh, school districts, when you go um, to classes with your sons and your daughters. One of the things that you'll see now compared to what you see 10 years ago is you'll see same-sex relationships, interpersonal relationships. You may see two girls kissing. You may see two males kissing. You're going to see a lot of things go on that is now accepted uh, worldwide. And so I'm going to talk about those things, and I'm going to make some, some people uncomfortable and as a psychologist, I have to be very, very careful and very tactful because I do counsel uh, LGBT. I, I counsel homosexual students. Um, I counsel students that are suicidal because of what their belief system or what they really how they feel. I was just talking to a few pastors just now uh, about a situation and I couldn't get into it, but I think I'm going to get into it right now since we're on the radio and I'm doing this. And, uh, and I definitely want them to chime in. When I was uh, 25, 26 years old, I was very promiscuous. And I believe I have spoken about this situation before, but I'm going to go into detail. Uh, when I uh, was out there, I did a lot of things um, from shooting to taking lives to uh, taking advantage of women, you name it, I pretty much did it. And one day I was, you know, in the house with my mom. My mom was a pastor. She had a deliverance ministry. She had a really great calling on her life. And um, I, on the other hand, was very rebellious, very angry with God. Um, so I took my frustrations out on alcohol, on smoking blunts. I did everything to rebel against the spirit of God. With that being said, one day a spirit jumped on me and it was a homosexual spirit. And when it jumped on me, I didn't know it actually jumped on me until I began to get out the bed and walk. And my mannerisms changed. I began to speak different. I began to walk different. I began to hold my hands different. And it literally scared me. It, it terrified me. And I actually, uh, for the whole day, um, I would have my brother over here say, man, you why, why are you acting so feminine? And it really, really bothered me. And I remember asking my mother, if I had some spirit on me, how would you deal with that? And my mother would tell me, she said, only but by fasting and prayer. 
So I called in to work. I remember this, and I had little side jobs, man. And I called in from work for four days, and I shut myself in a room, and I be I didn't eat anything. I just had water, and I begin to pray, and I begin to fast. And it took four days for me to have those those mannerisms removed. And I remember, I never never forget this. I was sweating and. I would wake up in a sweat, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? What's going on? And my mother would knock on the door and was like, what's going on? So, like, I'm just praying. I'm just fasting. And because she was uh, understood that, she didn't understand what was going on at the time. But I remember on the fourth day it broke. And I remember walking out, and I remember my brother saying, wow, you look different. Dang, okay. What happened before? I couldn't tell him. I was embarrassed. Now, within that, I began to... I, I repented and said, God, you know, I'm not going to sleep with no more women. I'm going to do this. But I started doing other things. I think the next day I went out and shot somebody. And within that 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 spirits that I had, I got deeper into more spirits coming on me because I went on another level. Even though I stopped over here, some other things started jumping on me. So I had that spirit of murder, that angered, all of these spirits. And the reason I'm bringing that on and the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm looking at these young men and me and pastor was talking. And when I, when I look at the population, I don't see any men. I don't see any uncles. I don't see any, any man's man taking hold of these young men and, and mentoring them. I see these young men wearing skinny jeans. I see them, uh, walking around with the fingers in their mouth, and I wear—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's almost like, wow, what is going on? And so when a parent addressed me and said, "Well, what do you think about my son?" Because I'm under—I can't tell you what I really feel. I have to address it like a psychologist. I have to address it like a mental health professional. But it kind of eats me up. Because I have to be professional, I have guidelines. But I wanted to read this to you. Um, it's Luke 11, 24, 27. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He said, I will return unto my house. Whence I came out, the demon is speaking. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he goeth he, and he taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in, they dwell there, and the last state of a man is worse than the first. And I just had some uh, conversation with some gentlemen, the word, what does swept mean? The word swept, as I have researched this, this in, the, in, the, in the commentaries and the concordance, and, and, I, and I did this for a while, it means that, in other words, if I sweep, sweep something, and I did this the other day as I was thinking about I swept my floor. I swept it with a broom. I did it. And as I looked it into the sunshine, I kind of gleaned the sunshine in it, I missed all kind of particles. I, I, I missed the loose dirt. I missed some things because I did it. But then when I got a mop and I put the mop in the bucket and I put water in the bucket and I begin to wash 
the floor, I didn't see any more loose particles. A lot of times when we sweep our own floor, we don't we can't do it because we are not Jesus. We 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 are not him. We cannot clean ourselves. The Bible says, How can Satan cast out Satan? It is impossible to do it. And so in this particular passage, in in my mind, when he washes, those seven demons can't come back. You can't, you can't do that. But when you sweep it, I need some reinsurance that I got the man upstairs and, and he's got me. And so when I look at these young men all around the country and I, I watch them on the TV shows when they wear the tight suits, uh, uh, not the, the tight suits and the, and the tight pants, me and Pastor were just talking, what is, what is going on? Why the skinny jeans? Why, 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 where's that lust coming from? And I understand what pastor, he was saying, hey man, the overall is lust. But today we're talking about homosexuality because in Los Angeles Unified School District, now there's implemented a gay curriculum. And when you go into the gay curriculum in Los Angeles Unified School District, you have to sit into a orientation that breaks down um, every aspect of homosexuality, uh, lesbianism, uh, just transgender, you have to look at all of that. And you can lose your job if you, even though you don't believe and you are a mental health professional, you have to deal with that student because you got to understand a lot of the students that are under that category are suicidal. Um, some of them are just uh, confused. There are some that they would tell you that from birth, they have always had these feelings. We're going to talk about that today when we come back after a break. We're going to talk about everything under the sun. And we definitely would like you to call in and, and, and give you uh, an opportunity to break some things, things down from your perspective. I'm going to give you another scripture, and I want you to think about it before, you know, after we go on break, man, go get you some lemonade and uh, a sweet world, whatever things that you do. And just sit down and just think about the topics that we're, t- that we're t- talking about today. Very deep topic. Um, Romans 1, 26, 27 says this, and I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the You're men listening also to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. And were inflamed with the lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, the Bible says one way. Now we have activists saying that in the word of God, homosexuality and lust does not mean what the Bible is actually being translated. We're going to talk about this when we come back. We're going to have DJ Rome. He's going to throw some things. Pastor Starr is going to throw some things. We may get into a little debate because, you know, I'm, uh, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to know what's going on. I want to know why Christians are not really, really taking a stand. And, uh, and, and, and situations like myself, where I am in the public eye, where I have to be very cautious because I love the kids. 
I love the kids. I've I've never been homosexual, so I don't under, understand some of those feelings, but I am a man. And so I do counsel these children, and they're hurting, they're in pain, and they need help. We're going to come back. You listen to Real Talk, Real Love, Real Talk Uncut, kcwgthetruth.com, Real Topic. We'll be back. I'm a little tired, man, and uh, but but you know what? I'm good, man. We uh, we we talking. You know, I was sitting up there thinking. I was looking at Pastor Starks, and uh, you know, I want to break down for the audience that you know we can kind of break this down as LGBT, which stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. But for the purposes of this, we're talking about homosexuality, and uh, and we're looking at you know the men, and and the reason why I'm bringing up the men. Um, that we'll talk about later is because they are the the visionaries, they are the leaders. But without that being said, how was your day? Oh, it was a productive day today, and I got a sore back. You know, I was down in Southern California last week, and we did a lot of hauling, lifting, and pulling while I was down there. And so with a delayed onset, I'm kind of feeling it in my back this evening. So hopefully I can get through the evening okay. I will. And uh, my day was productive, though. I was able to get some things caught up, and it was a lovely day. It's a beautiful day in Northern California today. Awesome. And um, I have to say there was no controversy today. It was actually uh, some really positive experiences when, if we can briefly talk about special education, you know, one of the things that's really triumphant about being in special education is seeing it work. And this week we were able to exit uh, three students. Wow. And so that's always a beautiful thing because special education is not supposed to be a permanent lifetime sentence all the time you know it's designed to sort of get you to the next stop to give you some strategies and tools and resources that you can implement in the classroom settings and to do it with regularity so that you will not have to rely upon those services because it is a restrictive kind of service that we provide and so the more that we are able to empower our students with resources training information and knowledge and we're able to let these birdies fly free from the nest it's a beautiful thing man and that's the kind of week that i've had this week well that's awesome because when you look at special education i rarely hear that story of someone being exited out of special ed and uh, mm. that that's that's very deep, and so I'm very happy to hear that story. Uh, I had a week where, when I look at uh, special education, 
I look at advocacy, and I had two parents. I think I, be, I believe I told you that one was a, a director of special ed. Well, actually, he was not. He was a director of curriculum and instruction, and a uh, his wife was uh, a master teacher. And when they came into the IP, they slaughtered. They slaughtered. And what I mean by that, to take that off the record, when parents come in with knowledge and expertise and they're well-read and they're well-schooled and they necessarily don't have an advocate but they are, are defending them themselves and their, and their own sons and daughters, they're very, very potent. They, they're not playing. And so they understand the rules and the regulations and the guidelines of what we call IDEA, and they broke, they broke that down. And we really have to be on a P's and Q's for uh, these parents. Now, I felt... Can you break the IDEA is for everybody? Uh, Individuals with Disability Educational Act. And okay. when we look at IEPs, they are individualized. And so just because this young man has a curriculum doesn't mean that that other man, that other student has the same curriculum or, let's say, accommodations or modifications. And so Correct. I'm learning... This even being, you know, uh, I would say seasoned, that I really have to treat each parent, each student, like they're having an attorney. You know, I, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I go, and, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm saying this shamefully, okay? That's why we call it Real Love, Real Talk Uncut. I get a little right. lazy, and right. I will go, hey, man, I got this uh, meeting come up, this IEP, and uh, for all of you guys out there that don't really know what IEP is, we get together as a team, a multidisciplinary team, which may consist of a counselor, a teacher, a psychologist, a nurse, a special ed teacher. It could be a coach. It could be, a, you know, a, a numerous people from multidisciplinary uh, sections of the school or other curriculum, and we come together and we look at the eligibility and the placement of the student. The psychologist always looks at eligibility, and the team always looks at placement. And sometimes eligibility drives placement. And so when we we have to be very careful of that because, you know, we all come from different diverse places culturally, and sometimes we bring to work our personal opinions. And so they kind of cloud sometimes the judgment of the consensus of what should be. And so it could get messy, and that's where lawsuits come in, million-dollar lawsuits. So with that being said, I am learning. Well, let's say not learning. I am, um, I am. you know, it's like uh, being reborn again. You you know, but then certain things happen, um, like high-power parents come in, and you you, you get a, 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 a reality check, and you go, wait a minute, I need to treat every student like they have a high-powered uh, advocate or attorney. And I'm glad that happened. I'm glad it happened to me. And so you're talking about stressful, men stressful. I'm on the phone with parents 8 o'clock at night trying to resolve litigation. I'm trying to resolve so we don't go into litigation. And so that was, uh, it stressed me out, man. I think I got 500 new gray hairs. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not making this up, man. I'm, I'm really serious, man. And so, no. yeah, so that that's my week, man. I've kind of calmed down and uh, <laughs> a little bit anyway. And so, well, yeah. It, I understand the temptation, though, and mm -hmm. it's a fine line between being lazy and being um, avalanched right. all the time from the sheer volume of work that really forces us, or forces me anyway, 
to make some difficult choices. And one of those choices always involved the temptation of sort of alligator arming the the, the process. Mm -hmm. You know, alligators got real short arms, right? So they don't fully extend out when they could. And uh, think about, uh, (laughs) my mind just goes crazy. What was the basketball player for the Phoenix Suns? Sean, uh, he had a real funny free throw, man. He didn't even extend it. I know exactly Uh, what you're talking about. He He was nice. He, he was could nice. drop him. Yeah. He was nice. But right. he, it was such a unique free throw that I bet you nobody could duplicate it. Right. But that's he why played he with was, Nash. He played with Nash for, exactly. for a moment. Yeah. I can't, can't remember his name. But right. he had an alligator on free throw, and he was deadly with it, though. Right. But we can't have that process or we can't have that approach with uh, approaching these IEPs because there is a lot on the line. And mm-hmm. just when you think that an IEP meeting will be sort of an easy one, sort of uh, an easy out, if you will, compared right. to everything else when you look down the calendar, it's like, okay, I, I better be ready for this meeting because I, I see who's involved. I see they You're have listening to exciting premium content on KC. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. I mean, because we we have to really be fair, kind of like you said. It's like they just care, man. They're not really trying to uh, butcher us in the process as much as just fight for the the rightful place of their students to receive Mm -hmm. a free and appropriate public education. And sometimes parents feel slighted that their children are not getting a fair shake or deal, and the people that are charged with the task of implementing services aren't really doing everything that they're supposed to do. And so, yeah, sometimes you are humbled. This, this business will humble you, my brother, because to mm-hmm. keep up with this, the, the pace of trying to always create these legally defensible reports that can hold up against the, 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 the bright light of scrutiny, mm-hmm. whether it be in a courtroom or in a classroom where the meeting is, right. it, it can get really real unexpectedly. And, yes, you're right. It, it is triply, doubly, quadruply, quintupletly, whatever that word is, difficult when you have parents who are really savvy and so savvy in fact that they don't need advocacy like you said they don't require it because their knowledge of uh the 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 process is uh they're well equipped to handle anything that comes up and you're right it, it can certainly humble you and i know we're talking about um homosexuality tonight and it's, it's interesting how that plays into the dynamics of ieps and just mm-hmm. even independent of special education it's just how it shows up or how it manifests in the school culture right. is presents some unique challenges uh, on that level and I'm, I'm curious to talk about some of those things tonight because I know we have some some um, really interesting experiences to, to highlight yeah we do and before we uh, bring Pastor Starks on I'm going to ask the question um, or maybe it's a statement I had an IP you know not too long ago and uh, I'm gonna for the purposes of uh, being anonymous I'll use the name Sally Sally S-A-L-L-Y. And I'm in the IEP with some meeting with Sally. And I don't know why they keep, this is my mind. I'm, I'm doing an improv right now. I'm acting in my mind. I'm thinking, why do they keep calling this boy Sally? Because no one debriefed me. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm just looking. And so all of a sudden, the student says, my name is Sean. And I say, man, y'all been calling the, this kid the wrong name. And they just looked at me. Okay, mm-hmm. and right. so uh, the, the the vice principal walks me out and says, "Man, I just want to let you know that uh, we're talking to a transgender." And I said, "You got to be kidding!" Mm-hmm. I could not tell. Correct. It was a girl. Right. 
a female. I could, so I go back, man, and I'm looking at the feet. I'm looking at the Adam's apple. I'm looking at the hair. I'm looking at all the features, and I got frustrated. And one of the VP kind of laughed at me a little bit because he knew what I was doing. Like, I can't tell. Right. And so Sean, or Sally, spoke like a girl. Okay. Watch this. So we bring up a video of that individual having a fight. And they put up on video, and that girl, or guy, fought just like a dude from the street and was fighting a female and almost broke her down. Almost, I could have lost her life. And it got me thinking about when I interview a lot of these kids, they go, I have always felt, like we're talking about guys now, I have always felt feminine. When's the last time you felt feminine? I started being feminine in the first grade. And I go, wow, wow, wow. And so I see this trend because you see it in the school system because they spend 80% of their time at school. With friends, right. with family, it transitions. You watch them. That's our job is to watch. And then you look at the culture of the United States, which brings in that culture of uh, confirmation, or I would say confirmation, I would say conformation, where they say now we have a gay curriculum. And I know in L.A. they have a gay curriculum. And now you have gay marriages. You know, you have laws. You have, you have this trend. You have young men now being feminine. And in LAUSD, you would hear people say, embrace your feminality. And I was even asked, hey, just teach him to embrace his feminality. No, I'm, like, I'm not going to embrace that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a man. What are you talking about? But that's a, that's a slogan that's in the curriculum? Well, um, that is part of the orientation and all of that. Absolutely. And I just sat back and I was like, wow. Well, why aren't we teaching young men how to be masculine? Why is that not in there? So, you know, I, I wanted to bring this topic to the table because that's what we talk about, man. We talk about issues, um, which is, I believe, is a spiritual thing. But you know what? Um, there are some kids that I know, feelings are feelings. If, if, if I take my finger and I put it in the fire and it hurts me, I feel damaged. I feel hurt. Now, I can't take away their feelings if if they feel that way. Now, they may be confused of what those feelings are, but we're going to talk about that when we uh, bring Pastor Starr. Pastor Starr's got a different perspective on on some things, and uh, we might have uh, a little tug of war uh, today. today. But, uh, you know, uh, after the break, man, let's bring them on. Let's chop it up. Let's talk about the trend. Let's talk about uh, the videos, man. You know, the the, the stars, man, you got – you got Will Smith. You, 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 you. A lot of these cats are, are bisexual, and a lot of the teen, the teens. You know, I had a young teen man. He says, "Uh, man, it's all right to be bisexual." Will Smith, he does it. Jada, he does. It. They all do it, man. What's the problem? And I just go, "Wow, what can you say to that?" Let's take a break. We'll be back. Real love, real talk, uncut. What you think about that before we go? Before we go, yeah, I, I wanted. To, I, I went too fast. What do you think I, about that before we go? Yeah, I can't wait till we get back from the break. <laughs> Okay, man, we're going to take a little break, hit a little song, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, y'all, I just I just want to do this really quickly before we get out there and uh, take this break. You know, um, um, there's a lot of people that are listening, and I think they really need to understand uh, something before we actually do this. Okay. Uh, that, that a lot of them are, are, are calling themselves saved and in, in the church. You know, and so I think we need to 
really have them to look at, you know, what is saved and what is not saved. Because a lot of people sitting up in the church feel that they're saved, and they're, and, and but they're still carrying on their stuff. And so, uh, so when we take this break, we'll be right back. Listening to Real Love, Real Talk with uh, DJ Rome from uh, up north. And uh, you got my man T. Russ right here live in studio. The best internet station on the planet. All right, let's get it. I know so many on that road and plenty on them crows. And so many that's all about that dog. But I be on that watch I be on that watch yeah, now this worship got me geeked up And I participate often with my homies God, you see us Worship till we get up in the coffin Hands raised like I'm reaching for my Gucci loafers At the top of my closet Glory pouring like a faucet Thought about his goodness and almost lost it You died for me, the ultimate sacrifice Like it wasn't nothing to it So when I praise and worship, I don't do it alone I try to make everybody do it, everybody do it we worshiping, doing my best right now. Should have been dead and gone a long time ago, but I feel so blessed right now. I know so many on that road, and plenty on them crows. And so many that's all about that dog. But I be on that worship. I be on that worship. I know so many on that road, and plenty on them crows, and so many that's all about be out here, uh, hustling whatever hustle you gonna hustle, you gonna have to submit your... Poppin' as I'm dropping like a coffin Now I'm hopping to the lost and like Martin You can run till I On my back with my eyes to the sky Look to the hills for my help I cry This is what it sounds like When them gangsters cry All my life been searching for a love to match my pain On my knees I plead at night But nothing never was the same Since he came I switched lanes Into light and out the dark Changed my heart Brought the sunshine like my last name was the Clark Men are the reason that we have shirked our responsibility as the priests and prophets and providers and covers and protectors of our women and our children. It is our responsibility to lead the way in fighting the enemy. Uh, and we've shirked that responsibility. We, we're more concerned about ourselves. It is driving me crazy. And I ain't been worshiping lately. No. But he saved me yeah. and gave me peace inside back. my mind. we back, family. Woo! Okay, I like that song, man. It got me going. we here with uh, DJ Rome and Pastor Starks, the man. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Liking the uh, conversation. And, uh, man, that, was, uh, that song is... Uh, Kenton Jones, man, and uh, that's uh, with Uncle Reese. When men worship, when men worship, when men worship and man, and uh, so uh, so that's that's pretty good. So we thought that was talking with a commercial, but that was actually talking about being the priest and the prophet of their home. You know what I'm saying? And that's what a man is: is the priest and the prophet of his home. So you know all these things controversial uh, with gay and lesbian and. And transgender. What's your thoughts on that from a spiritual perspective? Wow, wow, wow. Um, 
man, as being a senior pastor and, uh, you know, you watch your congregation and you, you watch over the sheep and uh, you can see them coming in. You can almost see them develop, okay. you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I look at it as um, going back to the beginning, uh, there's, there's such thing in, in, in uh, hermeneutics and uh, studying the Bible. It says, go back to the first, you know, go, go to the first mention of that type of thing, you know, that you're looking for. And so I would go back, man, and look at it as lust, you know, and uh, a, as people are lusting after something. You know, they're lusting after being, uh, uh, finding out who they are, or they're lusting after looking, you know, for something that, that they're, they feel that they're missing. Okay. And so in looking with that, and the, and the enemy is very clever, very clever. And I think that what I want to say, I want to push it back. Uh, first, let me go back to what I want to say. I don't want to be, be, be fat. But I think in Genesis... When 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 Eve um, had a conversation with the with the serpent, um, and she found that what he was talking about was three things. It was uh it was the uh, um, the uh, good for good. It was good to see. You know what he was talking about right. the pride of life. Okay, and uh, the uh, the pride of life, and uh, it was good to see. For what she what she wanted and uh, lust of the eye. That's how I was trying to find out, brother. Lust of the eye, the pride of life, amen. And so we 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 look at stuff and we think it looks good. You know, we we think Hollywood sells. You know, they and they're looking. Everybody's looking to be famous. Are they looking to be on YouTube? They're looking to get a lot of likes and you know you know what I'm saying. And and so we we're looking at at what is successful. I'm trying to get yeah. likes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, and, and 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 you know, watch, 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 watch where I'm going here, here with this. Okay. Tomorrow, if you watch Ellen, okay, Ellen was the first one who came out that said she was gay, and they're doing a big thing. And I thought it was really interesting that you're doing this topic tonight. Wow. Uh, there, she's doing a big thing that she was the first one that came out and said that she was gay. True. And she said she lost a lot of, you know, money. She lost a lot of, you know, contacts and everything. But now Ellen is like the largest thing out there now. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, everybody want to be on the Ellen show. I mean, she's doing. She's working with Steve Harvey on the on the, the what's it, the little big kid thing. And yeah. so and so she's bringing finding all these people that are on the you. But she's doing a lot of great things. Right. You know, she's paying people's bills and she's doing a lot of this stuff. So on tomorrow, they're having this big thing with Oprah Winfrey and and celebrating her for she's coming out to being the first one to say she was gay. You know what I'm saying? And so, but but I, I would say this, man, because a lot of our younger people are looking toward how to be famous. How to be famous. How, how to be famous. And, and I think that, that, that the spirit of the enemy is shaping it into the lust, the lust of the eye. Lust of and, the eye. And, and that's and, the word. Huh? And that's the word. That's the word, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so. And, to, and, and, and talk about the pride of life. So the audience can understand what that really means well well I just this is just pastor stark's version i mean i can i can go and get you a big day but okay. but my version is, is 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 the pride of life is that you're going to be selfish and you're going to make it at any means possible right. to get to what you want you're going to be selfish most sins are selfish sins right. it's a, it's about being selfish so so if i have to become 
another gender to be selfish, to, 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 to be successful. Now, when I was a guy, when I was a young guy, when a guy was, when we were talking about people being homosexual, which was not like a, you know, you know, a, a big conversation, but these guys always had a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they they always had a lot of money. They, they don't drove make mistakes. Yeah, you know they and, and but they were but they were always in high positions too. Now why is that? You know, well, you know, I I was just noticing as a young guy. I, I didn't know that, you know. But you know, uh, off the air, I'll tell you. But I can't, <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't tell you all the air. This is a Christian station. <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, but 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 even even movies were made where they were in high. I think what was the movie that even when the, oh man, uh, my my boy, what is it? They made it in Philadelphia where where he he defended uh, Denzel Washington defended the gay guy that was a lawyer. Come help me out. There we there we go. I hear you. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks yeah, yeah. and on this law firm. You okay. know what I'm saying? So 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 they were always. In, in 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 places of success. That's true. Okay, so so I think that that success kept reading through it. Well, how did I be successful? Then you saw it into the 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 the, the music industry. Right. You know, men begin to look like women, and and you know, changing their fake figures and stuff like that to be able to get into. It. So I'm thinking the the, the product is being selfish. I'm willing to change my look, change my body, change my voice, to change the way to think. I remember RuPaul came along. I remember RuPaul. You remember RuPaul, okay? RuPaul. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Grace Jones, remember it? I, remember, yeah, remember, yeah, oh. I know her brother. Yeah, yeah, we know Listen, him very well. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so, I think that we we're willing. I'm sorry, we're, we're, <laughs> I'm, sorry bro. I'm, I'm on one today. Sorry. So we're willing to do anything, right? To to the but that's lust. Lust right. will drive you. Okay, and and then the last thing, brother. Could I just do this as right. I'm I'm rambling? Because uh, but but I wanted to read this. Uh, of of that scripture you talked about, can I, and this is a good guy who I I like to go to when I'm reading a commentary. His okay. name is his name is uh, he's from the Blue Letter Bible. His name is uh, 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 David Glick. Okay, Look, watch this that scripture you read. He says, "When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, the picture of a person delivered from a demon, but not yet filled with Jesus, is a picture of a person who tries to be natural." They say that they are not for Satan, but they are also not for Jesus. Hmm. Jesus shows us this is impossible. Okay. He said, I'll return to my house from which I came. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the demon has a desire to inhabit bodies. Okay. But why? For the same reason why the vandal wants a spray can or a violent man wants a gun. A body is a weapon that can use in attacking God. I thought that was very powerful. That is powerful. The last statement of this man is worse than the first. Jesus points out that the danger of delivering a person from the demonic possession without filling their life with Jesus, they can end up worse than before. The heart of man has a vacuum-like nature to it. It has to be filled. It has to be filled. If empty, our hearts will eat. Women, if 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 empty, our hearts with evil will filling without filling it with Jesus has good. Evil will rush in 
uh, against it to fill it. Okay, so without filling it with Jesus and 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 His good, Absolutely. evil will rush in uh, against it. Therefore, in answering those who accused Him on working by the power of Satan, Jesus tells them that He hasn't merely come to fight against evil, but to bring God's good into our hearts. I agree, and that's why when I look at these kids in the school district, not only just in the school district and. Just different agencies and group homes that I have right. covered for many years. I always use the term, they are empty. Mm. And it's so dangerous for a child to be empty. Right. It's scary. Right. And so as you're reading that and as I read the scripture, uh, Rome, what's your take? You know, don't be quiet. Oh, did you finish your thought, though? I did. You know, you know I stop in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a quick stop on a dime, brother. Yeah, on a dime, man. I don't want to talk too much, but I want to, you know, get oh. your get your view about emptiness. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, emptiness. You said right, emptiness. Yep. Emptiness. Okay. Um, people will go to great lengths to avoid uh, that, and not only that, but anything that makes them experience feelings of discomfort. Um, I listened to what Pastor Starks was talking about, and I was forming a question in my mind as to to what degree in what you said is connected to, is it a choice? Mm. Or to what degree is there tolerance for the position that people are born that way? Where are you on that spectrum? Are you asking me, Pastor Starks? Yes. Oh, wow, wow. Can people be born gay? Well... We have another show here on Tuesday that, that talks about that. And she okay. she's from the perspective is that people can be born like that. They can be born because it becomes a generational curse. I, I was waiting for you to say that. Okay. So so they can be born in that way if the if if the if the spirit, say an uncle or aunt is gay and they have some kind of dealings, you know what I'm saying? So she's saying that they can you can be born this way. You know, and it kind of opened up my eyes. Like, yeah, it's a yeah, different yeah, type of born that way, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, but you know, it's it's. And I read today through the bloodline, like okay. David's bloodline. There was a there was a person in the Bible, I forgot his name, that was also in the line of Jesus and line of Christ. And I know the commentary kind of broke it down. Like one of the reasons that Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin. Is it because there's certain bloodlines that could not taint him? Certain, oh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So the human bloodline. The human, the human bloodline. The human bloodline, exactly. Because if it would have been on his mama's side or right. maybe his daddy's side, right. he could not redeem us. Absolutely. Because his bloodline was impure because right. of all of those those things. Right. Well, like you're talking about right. the right. homosexuality right. and all this other stuff. Well, it's called the scarlet thread. It's the scarlet okay. thread, the theme that runs through the Bible, okay. that, that that Jesus has the pedigree, yes, the to, pedigree. To, to to be God. To be God. Okay, right. you know Absolutely. what I'm saying, and that's why he was he was he was born of a woman, but he had he didn't have an earthly father, right? Because the man the, the man gives the seed to the woman. Absolutely. So that's why Mary was the only one that had the seed in Genesis three fifteen. Right. That's right. <laughs> she, that's right. She has the seed, but the there's seed. nobody else that ever had the seed other than Mary because she was born. To, the Holy Spirit put Jesus in Mary's womb. Absolutely. So. Okay. Go ahead, Ron. What? Yeah. So what? I'm I'm still um, I'm feeling a need for 
uh, clarity on um, our position tonight. And they, they could be three separate positions. I'm cool with that, but I'm just trying to establish um, sort of a position statement, if you will. Um, where are... Where is the evangelical community? Because y'all know I grew up in the church, but, you know, I'm more of a spiritual brother now, so you guys know way more about this than I do okay. in the sense that you're, you're more um, connected to that community more so than I am right now. And a few years ago when President Obama was elected, there was a Minnesota senator. She actually ran for president twice, I believe, uh, Michelle Bachman. Mm -hmm. And uh, her husband was involved heavily in the movement to uh, pray away the gay. And it engendered a lot of controversy surrounding that because the the implied premise of that is that um, there's people who are choosing the lifestyle, but it can be cast away in in, in terms of it being uh, sort of a uh, how did Russ just call it? It's a generational curse, and so mm -hmm. they they pray it away, they bind the spirit, and then people um, by their brand of thinking would be delivered from that lifestyle and in fact they had they had to endure a lot of um i think lawsuits because it was a lot of uh, torturous psychotherapy that they had to undergo i think there was some shock treatment involved i don't want to speak out of pocket on it because i need to research it a little bit more but that was a theory and the ironic thing about that whole thing is that michelle bachman's husband is an extremely effeminate man uh in my opinion and so that was the irony of the whole thing and so where are we? Um, are we saying tonight, I'm asking, I'm not accusing, I'm asking sure. what the evangelical community is the position that they have. Is it that homosexuality can be prayed away? Is it something that can be delivered if you just uh, practice certain spiritual uh, behavior until you, you sort of behave yourself into a new way of thinking and you reorientate yourself? Where is the evangelical community as far as that position? Can you guys help me with that? Well, let, let, let me start, and then you can finish, Pastor. I know growing up for myself, even the last 20 years, it has been a shift. It's been a shift from we cast out those spirits, we go into a deliverance ministry. Uh, I would say tarrying, the word tarry, will tarry, will fast, mm -hmm. uh, only but prayer and fasting will these spirits go. And, uh, and then you have training, you have change of thought. But as you get a little bit, you know, into the 2000, year 2000, you hear the word love. Now, mm -hmm. love, like they, they, right. they use love as a, as a substitution for deliverance. If you just love them and if you just, uh, you know, be kind and you just show them mercy, then they will choose the right path. Um, so it's a choice. Well, to some people it's a choice, other people it's not a choice. My question for Pastor Starks is when you see those individuals that say, I have been born, and I've always been feminine. What do you do with that? As a pastor, what do you do with that? That's a good question. Help Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, that's a heavy question well, because I, I, I need to know that as even a professional and off the record, you have parents that saying, hey, my son's always been like this. He's a good kid. Well, okay, a, go ahead. Yeah, I, I definitely want to hear Starks' uh, response to that because we're all professionals and we have to hold space and provide services to our followers, supporters, colleagues, clients. Absolutely. And so it's very important to uh, sort of uh, walk that tightrope in a way in which we have to, we're, we're required as professionals, like you said at the beginning of the show, Russ, we were required oftentimes to suspend our own um, preferences and positions on things 
uh, in favor of being able to support those who have been disenfranchised, marginalized, misunderstood, cast aside, and yet we still may legitimately hold our own personal reservations about their particular lifestyle that may not be in direct correlation with ours. So in some ways, because of all of that, very, very real potential for uh, political, uh, professional employment disaster, it's, it's almost a, a point where it doesn't even matter as far as whether it's a choice or not. The fact is it's here and we have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is the professionals that are put here to help them and support everybody, mm-hmm. indiscriminate of color, race, gender, um, preference, we have to somehow be able to help we those to, who are. We have to service them. That's, that's correct. Right. So, um, yeah, where you where do you stand with that, Mr. Starks? Yes, sir. Oh, wow. This is a great, this is a, a great question. And, uh, you know, you got to you have you once again you have to categorize this mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. when we look at homosexuality it's a sin okay it's okay. a sin okay. Okay? okay but did not jesus die for all sins right so it's a sin it's categorized with them it, it may be a sexual sin Right, it is. Okay, it's a sexual sin. Right. So you do so that means you do harm to the body itself. You know, it's a, a same way with, with, with alcoholism or gambling or, or the different sins that we have. It's their sins. Jesus died for for sin. Okay, so the the only sin that we believe that is is the one you cannot be forgiven from is not accepting Jesus. That's true. And can I maybe a, make a correction? Sure. Maybe we can okay. I understand what you said being a sin and it affects the body. Mm-hmm. I think. But it's also affects the mind. I mean, okay, the it, mind it, too. It, it, but I think there's a difference between sin and an abomination because the Bible talks about homosexuality as an abomination. And when you do an abomination, that it really, as you break down and interpret that, it means unnatural acts. So if you're doing an unnatural act against the body, it becomes an abomination unto God. But then again, but then the scripture that you read in the book of Romans in the right. beginning, he said men that turned over to their natural affection, natural he said he turned them over to a reprobate of mind. You could say he said that. Right. He didn't he, say the word reprobate, but that's what right. that right. really means. Right, right. Yeah. He, turns them over. He, he, he actually turned them over to what they like. For what they like, for, for whatever, for, for whatever, whatever reason. For whatever reason, if you if okay. you stayed into that, it's just like a parent say, you know, you quit touching the stove. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you want to touch it? Okay, it's hot. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. but that doesn't mean that a person cannot be delivered. And I think abomination, if I'm not stating, I didn't study this before we came on, so he helped me out, that abomination was an Old Testament uh, type of uh, talk that it came out of the Ten Commandments, uh, or out of Leviticus. Uh, and we talked about how how God was dealing and building up society and and building up the 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 uh, uh, the way that we should live uh, by laws uh, and, and you know in the, in, the, in the different things that He was putting in and giving us the different laws so we can be able to live in society and in the community, okay. But in the New Testament, okay, when once Christ has come. Okay, then then it, it becomes a sin. All of them are sins. I mean, there some are more egregious, okay, and some are less. But they're sins. But but, but for what I say, Christ died for all sin. 
Now, the, the position I think that you're asking me, uh, DJ Rome, the church, I think the church has come to the point is that what is the difference? You got a, uh, you got maybe have a homosexual uh, playing the piano, but your chairman of the deacon board is a drunk. Okay. <laughs> He's a crackhead. You know what I'm saying? Or you you got you got ministers on staff that that are that are sleeping with other men's women, uh, other men's wives. And so they're fathering children. And so so I think that we have to deal with it as sin is sin. Now, the thing is, is that, and I heard a great preacher uh, just another, uh, a little while ago, uh, Pastor Terry Adams from out of, uh, uh, Lily, of the, uh, Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church that did a great message on this. Uh, he said that he will accept homosexual into his church. They'll pray with them. They'll love them. But he will not put them in leadership. Okay, and so and so even in church, how can we frown on the homosexual? Then we got you know adulterers in there that that people that are sleeping with other women in the church. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so 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 we cannot discriminate. Sin is not a discriminating uh, 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 opportunity. Sin is an equal opportunity thing. And so I think that if we love them, I think that we also live a life in front of them. Uh, and then we let, allow, allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that based upon John chapter 15, uh, his job is to, is to convict men of sin, okay, and to lead us into all the truths of Jesus. And I agree with you. I want to read the passage, 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. It says, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Absolutely. I understand. That, that means that they're, they're not regenerated. Right. Okay, so they can't inherit something that they never came into the family to have. You can only, you can only inherit something if you're part of the family, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. I just, I'm just well, saying. Have they... How long have they been around? Have they been around as long as heterosexuals have? Who, homosexuals? Yes. Well, homosexuals just as old as prostitution. Absolutely. Correct. <laughs> so, so they've been around. And when, let's, let's say this. I want to say this to um, Mr. Rome and, and, and uh, Mr. Russ. This is not new to God. Right. I'm you know what I'm saying? This, this is not new. And, and God ain't up in heaven falling out behind this. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's you know, not. saying, right. and this is not new to him. It may be new to us, but it's not new to him. But he's also given us ways to be able to bring our brothers and sisters in, in into the light. You know what I'm saying? And and I want to say this too. Um, we we say uh, uh, rebuke them. You know, you, you deliver us and everything. But they, uh, from what I'm reading, and and I only got a PhD. Okay, mm. I only got a public high school diploma. Okay, <laughs> right. but the the Bible tells me in the book of 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 James, he says he says there's only one way to get the devil off your track. Right. He said if you resist the devil, he will flee. He will flee. Right. But the only way you can resist the devil is by what Second Corinthians five seventeen. He says faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more of the word we put into our lives, it's the more that we can be able to resist the enemy who's trying to steal our lives. So what would you say with a pastor that's gay? He's a pastor, and he comes up to you and says, man, I love God. He said, but I love my mate, too, but I love God. Absolutely. How, how would you, how would you, what would you say to that? And what would you say, because, you know, he has a son, 
and he teaches us. You're listening to exciting premium content on KC. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. But the love of God loves everybody. Does God love everybody, Pastor? The, the scripture says, "For God so loved the world." Okay. Okay. For God so loved so the how world. So how would you how would you handle that? You I know mean, what? You... But but then again, I can't. It is not my job to go in another man's house and tell him how to live his life. My job is to live a life before him that like they would see Christ in me. I like that. So okay. I like that. So it gives up to the next question. You got a lot of kids mm-hmm. that don't got God that don't have fathers, right? That have been turned over to a lot of the. You see a lot on TV. They want to become like Mike. They want to become like this and this and that, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, I have something to say about that one, Russ. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I was, uh, during my uh, job search, I think I was looking online a lot before I moved up to Northern California, and I actually saw an article on uh, a woman, maybe it was a comment, maybe it was a blog, I can't remember what the subject of the article was, but it dealt with um, homosexuality in the workplace. And I think once upon a time, Russ, I shared that article with you with how when it comes to the success um, the, the the prospects for prosperity and su- success is higher among African-American gay men mm-hmm. compared to heterosexual men who are African-American. Now, I, I didn't say that well, but gay black men have a better chance at going further financially, fiscally, and up the career ladder more so than a heterosexual black man. Why is that? Yeah, I, well... Oh. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's rhetorical. And so yeah. I think I shared that article with you. And I you think did. in response to that article, there was a sister who actually said she is going out of her way to intentionally, deliberately, purposefully find a gay black man to be a role model for her son for that very reason, because he has a better chance of being successful if he were to emulate this man. She wants her son to come out of the hood she wants her son to be successful and have a chance in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And so rather than find a man, um, she mm-hmm. found it really necessary to really specify and be very pointed about specifying a gay black man because she felt like he would represent the, uh, the higher aspirations that she had for her son. Now, that is troubling to me on many levels in that I have seen in my own walk in my profession that it does appear that our industry of education and pastor, I don't know if your industry is the same, but in education, there ain't no straight brothers like Russ and I. Not too and many. Not too many. The African Americans that do have positions of uh, sort of a prowess, um, they're usually female, or if they have been allowed to get through and they are African American male, they do sometimes, you know, I don't want to typecast, but I have seen, let, this is just DJ Rome, I've seen that they've had more of a, an effeminate tilt. I and like so that, that feminine tilt. Never saw, never heard that before, okay. feminine tilt. But let me ask you this before, yeah. you, before you go on. The, emula- oh, yeah. no, the, the, the emulation of the characteristics that that young lady will like demonstrated in front of her son. Can you tell me what they are? She didn't specify except that they had a higher uh, trajectory in terms of their long-term uh, ability to produce uh, results in their life that would mean um, they made it. They would break through more so than a heterosexual man. So she felt like her son would have a better shot if he had access to a gay black man because he obviously is in the demographic that is allowed through because brothers like you and I and Pastor Starks are probably 
considered a lot more threatening, we'd be a problem because there's some of that stuff we're just not going to deal with the same way, and that's just what it is. So the characteristics, I, I can't really speak to that specifically, but okay. I'm, and, and there may be no, uh, she, she may have been rather neutral in that maybe she implied that, you know, any man could embody certain characteristics that you might be speaking about, like ambition, like um, uh, being on time. But the fact that she specified the, the sexual component of it and the preference and the, the lifestyle preference, that spoke on so many different levels compared to just someone who had career aspirations. She's talking about impacting her song, excuse me, impacting her son, um, his, his entire orientation toward life. And I thought that was very fascinating that she went there. And it, it did trouble me in the sense that where are all the heterosexual black men? I know we're talking about homosexual men, but it, it begged the question of me, what then is my job? Because I've also Absolutely. worked in uh, school districts where there would be a large billboard with two in a black school district where there would be two black men hugged up. Mm. And it was a HIV awareness campaign, but it's positioned right in the heart of the hood, right in front of the school. And so what is then my job to do? Okay, because again, the three of us, you know, we're not all in the same exact profession, but we're still charged with the responsibility that we have to suspend certain propensities to pass judgment. And so that's what concerns me when I hear, um, and I, I know where I'm at, but it, it concerns me when I hear um, a lot of scriptures and a lot of quotes from the Bible, because when you apply such a, a rigid and moral standard, an evangelical standard, to what we're facing day to day, uh, that feels to me like a very slippery slope. And mm -hmm. so, and I'm not saying that we don't have a right to our positions, but how do we approach the, our responsibilities, given that we don't embody that lifestyle, what then is the calling? Well, okay, me, we gotta represent. Go ahead. Let me, let me say this right quick, and then I wanna hear what, what else you say. I interviewed a, okay. a, uh, a, uh, a male, maybe about 10 years ago, uh, homosexual, and he really, white guy, and he uh, okay. really poured his heart out to me. And he gave me some food for thought, and that's why I always think about these things, because I want to say on the air that one of the premises or the, one of the prerequisites to talk to these children, to these males, is to show them love. Um, mm -hmm. Unconditional love, um, not looking at them up and down, not frowning our body You're language, listening to exciting premium and content really have a on KCWG. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWG, the truth.com. And one of the things he said is that it's very hard to live in the shell and embodiment when you have been raised a Christian because there are certain convictions that bring nightmares daily. And I would ask him, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, when you talk about natural affection and you look at the genetics of a man, a genetics of a man enmesh with the genetics of a woman and vice versa. So when, when, when you look at ourselves and you, you look at yourself in the mirror, we have the physical attributes to mate with a woman, okay? Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, the reproduction organs we mate with a woman. Those are the kind of conversations that he kind of threw at me that frustrated him because in his mind, he loves a man. Another thing he brought up was, 
I wrote them down because I remember some of the things. I said, well, what makes you different than what we call a manly man or heterosexual man? And I remember some of them. I wrote them down. This is what he said. Articulation, meticulation, being meticulous, timing, timing, emotionality, sensitive, passive, and being able to be soft enough where you do not offend other people. Now, they, okay. he also says the other side of that is they can be very aggressive mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. very bold but mm-hmm. and kind of woman-like. Mm-hmm. So if you ever saw a woman and she's pissed off, you want to back up off her because, hey, just let, just let her have a moment. And that's what, that's what he began Man. to say to me. That's what he began to say to me. And so he began to cry. Okay. When I say cry, he began to wail. And okay. he began to ask me, what do I do? Because I feel like I'm a man, but I have these feelings. And so mm-hmm. just like Pastor Star, when I deal with kids, man, I just love on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you 10, 15 years ago that I did that. I cannot tell you that. I'd be lying. But as of right now, a seasoned mental health professional that I am, I love on them because I want somebody to love on me for my faults for my misgivings, for my trials, for my tribulations, for my, you know, sins. I'm not right all the time. And do I get judged like that? I've been judged like that. Not on the homosexual, of course, but on this, hey, man, you're a little too hard. Hey, you know, you, you're not nice. You know what? You, you don't understand. You're such a man's man. I get just judged just as easily on the flip side. And there are times I want somebody to come to my rescue put the oxygen mask on me and said, man, right. I think I'm misunderstood. I just love God. Okay. Thoughts. Okay. Well, yeah, thoughts on that, uh, heavy. Uh, I'm going to let Stark get in here because, you know, I want to hear what he has to say. Well, but you, you, you know, one of, the, one of the things, about, and I think the question you asked, uh, DJ, was what is my part? What, what, because I'm just one person. I, I can't save everybody, and that's God's job. But what does, what does Frank Starks can do? Well, one of the things I found out that I was doing is that didn't even realize I was doing it is that we were bringing young men in our home. We had fostered over 800 children in our home. And as these young men came wow. in our home, wow. we treated them like boys. They were boys. Okay. okay, When they left my home, they were men. You know, uh, I coached a, a, soft, uh, a football team once, and I was wondering why when we used to go pee, you know what I'm saying? They would all went to the toilet. I'd be the only one at the urinal. You know what I'm saying? What's up with this? You know what I'm saying? Because no one taught them how to go to the urinal and pee. No one taught them how to just go, to pull over to the side of the car and pee in the bush. You know what I'm saying? Things right. you do as men. That's right. You know, as, as men. So my job is to take one at a time, teach them. I got my little guy here that I got, Isaiah, you know, um, and I just teach one. You know, well, you got Kesey, my son Kesey. Yeah. You're going to meet Kesey. You got him too. Okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, just yeah. you know, my, like my wife sometimes she be like, "What are you doing? You know, well, you got to pee. Let him, let him go whip it out over here." You know what right. I'm saying? Those are things that that we teach a man, and 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 teach him how to be not afraid of things, and teach him what what a man does, or or, or a young man or a young boy growing up to be men. And I think the whole school district with this bully thing mm-hmm. has changed it, where 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 boys can't be boys anymore. You know, you now can't throw 
no more. Explain I mean, you know, when I was growing up, man, if you threw, we went over there. I went to Rosecrans Elementary. We went over there in the okay. back lot, man, okay. and the boys threw. We threw, hey, man, and after after we fought it, we hug up, and it, it, it was it was cool. You know what I'm saying? But now everybody want to do it from a keyboard. They want to do it through, through, through texting and, and, and cyber bullying because we don't let, allow them to be able to take those actions out and be boys. Do you know we, why? Uh, we, what, we got this data before you tell okay. you. Yo, G.I. Joe, I mean. Ain't no G.I. Joe's my, no more. But, yeah, I'm saying, my, my son can't even pick up a gun, you know what I'm saying, to hold a gun. Be, oh, my wife, oh, no, 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 no. But, hey, when we was going around, we, we used to have BB guns. Man, we were shooting each other with I, the BB guns. I, I shot my sister all the time. <laughs> but, yeah. but what I'm saying is times have changed. Right. But in times changing, I think we have made men punkish. We have. And not allowing them to be aggressive, but we have built, brought out their emotional side now that we can sit behind a keyboard. I totally we, agree. We can sit behind and type something that's cruel right? instead of going and doing something to stop cruelness. I like that. DJ Rome, I know you got something to say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what Pastor just said because okay. I, I okay. believe that I degree of truth to that. Well, and, I, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we threw down. Absolutely. Do that. Like, if you see me or you see yes. Pastor Starks are wrong, when we walk, everybody know we men. Absolutely. You know, there's there's no there's masculinity, right. and you and know there's you, no sugar in the tank. No, ain't no sugar in the tank. <laughs> ain't no sugar in the tank, man. But you know what? I, I tell you what. I will say that when young men that are of a different persuasion see me, mm-hmm. they do buck up in a sense. They go, "Wow." They don't say "Wow." They think it. I know. Because I had a young man tell me that. And I asked him, why you say that? He says, wow, I've never seen a man like you. Right, right. I said, well, you got teachers. And he says, I've never seen a man like you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you got a lot of people teaching feminality. Absolutely. Passivity. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 you know hey, sue them. Don't go talk to them. No. Go sue them. <laughs> you know, I'm being no. real. Go ahead. To what degree is um, are are we saying okay? Not we. You're listening but to exciting premium content on KCWG. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. An acceptable word, and I ask that because when I've had Caucasian female lesbians walk into my office, I can't discriminate. I got to drop everything I'm doing to make sure that she does not want to go through with what she came in the office to talk to me about. And it's just because of that fact. And I know, Rush, you talked about how deep it can get and the story you shared about the gentleman who was talking to you and sharing about how difficult it was for him. Um, I know he was thinking, like, why would I, why on earth would I ever choose to be this way? Because it's hard, you know? And there are people who are really tortured by uh, their lifestyles. And so to what degree are we saying tolerance is a bad word, number one? And if it's not a bad word, then how many of us on this phone, on this call right now, can think of at least one person, whether gay or lesbian or homosexual lesbian, male, female, I think of like three or four females who are gay in my life who I love. And if something happened to them, man, I'd be brokenhearted. Right. And to what degree do we have some people in our lives that if something happened to them, we'd be tore up? Yeah, yeah. But I but I think we love the person, but we don't have to like the sin. You know, I don't have to like what you do, but I love you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so and so, yeah, absolutely. Or or 
I don't have to agree with you. Absolutely. And not look at it as a sin, but I can just still love you. Because when you start right. talking about sin, everybody has a different. Now, I know there's a word. Sure. But everybody ain't in that word. Right. And everybody don't believe. Like, they don't have a belief system. Like, when you say, what is your faith? Right. You may be a Hindu. You might be Buddha or whatever, Confucius, whatever you are. Right. But to acknowledge the fact that don't judge me. The Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. So don't judge me, just love me. When you, yeah. And then when the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins, mm -hmm. I think if we as a generation can love, mm -hmm. revelation will take place. But, but once again, I also say that we have to remember that you and I and the DJ are not God. Right, we're not. So we're, and right. we're not the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. Not. We are. We are. We are ambassadors. We are. We are okay. ambassadors right. of, of 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 Christianity. Okay. Right. So my job. And we still trying. Absolutely. Right. But my job is not to judge that one. Okay. But my job is to uh, 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 influence and affect them with my love and what I have with inside of me so much that they want what I want. Oh, that's a good mm -hmm. point. I like that. They they want what they like they that. want. That's what Jesus said. They want the treasure. He said we are we have earthen bodies with hidden treasure. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they will want that treasure that I have. Right. See, that's why when I come around men, when I talk about marriage, they 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 want love their wives, man, right. because because I'm infectious. You know what I'm saying? I want to be like a coal. When you leave me, you <laughs> you sneezing and blowing your nose and stuff like that, man. Well, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I, like I, 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 I want to influence you so much right. that you know, right. man, us. that you are in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place with a child of the king. Well, that's deep. Okay, so that, like that's that. beautiful. Yeah, For yeah. those that are unable to do that, um, I, it makes me wonder how well they know themselves because if you feel so threatened by someone who has a different lifestyle, I hear that you don't have to agree and condone the mm -hmm. lifestyle, but right. if you feel so threatened by mm -hmm. it right. to the point where you got past judgment, to the point where you got to harm them, you got to bully them, you got to pass legislation that discriminates and dehumanizes them, then it makes me wonder what is it about you Absolutely. that you're so interested? about what goes on in their bedroom. I don't want yeah. to think about what anybody's doing in their bedroom, straight or gay. Right. Like, all I care about is what I got, go well. You're right, what I got going on in mind, man. Right, right, right. You know, right. Man, I'm just being real. I'm trying so, to get to the house now. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that is cool. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it's been interesting. I know we got a couple minutes. And uh, right. uh, any, any last words? Any last words? We got a couple minutes. Well, like I say, I, my whole my whole goal, man, is somebody said, "Do you want to be a a a a a a, a thermometer or you want to be a thermostat?" Mm. A thermometer only registers the heat in the room. A thermostat okay. changes the heat in the room. Absolutely. I want to be a thermostat wherever Absolutely. I go. That they they can say, "Man, there's something different about that guy." Hey, I like they, that. They, they, they go that man. <laughs> what they say I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody well that's lovely man I, I tell you what we got a minute uh, wow man I take a breather on that that was deep uh, if you're listening out there and uh, young adults young people older people I just want to let you know from the heart that this team right here loves you Amen. and uh, we don't care what you are Right. Um, we don't care what 
preference you are. We just love you. And we're speaking on this topic because we love you. Absolutely. And because there's an issue and there's a lot of people out in the world don't understand love. Mm. And we're trying to get that love of God in our heart. And only God truly can put it in us. You're listening to Real Love, Real Talk Uncut. And you can look at us and look at us up at, at uh, Facebook under Real Love, yeah. Real Talk Uncut. And throw us some vibe. You know, let us uh, know how you feel and what you think about the show. We're about to get a little deeper every Thursday. We're going to come real, real deep and have deep conversations. And so, Rome, what you thinking, man? Yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful. Real love, real talk on the Facebook page, ladies and gentlemen. Hit us up. This show will be posted up very, very soon. And keep in touch with us. We have another great episode coming next week. We'll be here. We'll be here, man. Hey, we're going to let you go with Pastor Starks. He brought it tonight. You have to bring it next week, too, because we coming. Hey, we love you, family. We gone. One love. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I like this one here. Listen up. You just listened to an exclusive KCWGTheTruth.com program on our subscription premium content channel. Thank you again for your support of KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet.